0: Impact, income, and influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. And today we are actually talking about how to reach millions of people. I've got Eric Cabral. Eric is the founder of Podmax On Air Brands. He helps people build amazing podcasts. I got to tell you, the first time I met this guy, we were at an event called PodMax and it was all these super engaged super highly productive podcasters. And he put all of the audience in the room, put together an absolutely amazing event. And I was blown away by it. He reached out to me a couple of weeks ago just to catch up. And I said, I have to have you on the show because we have to talk about how to help people get their message out with podcasts. It's a question I get all the time from my email list. It's a question I get quite a bit through social. And I wanted to bring Eric on to share with you. So Eric, how are you doing today, man?
1: Fantastic man. So good to see you and uh I'm blessed to be here man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So, okay. You left a corporate job after 20 years, similar to me. I was in corporate for about 18 and you went your own road and you started your own business. Tell me like how that decision process went and how did we end up with podcasts? Like that's a an interesting thing to be like I'm quitting here and I'm going to do podcasting, like, if I told my mom that, like, I told her I was just gonna be an entrepreneur. And she didn't like that. I can't imagine what that conversation must have been like.
1: <laughs> yeah, the conversation uh, wasn't with my mom, it was with my wife, you know, the CEO of the house. So that that wasn't as tough as I thought it would be. Um, she's very supportive. So I'm blessed that she she was like, Yeah, do your thing. But yeah, corporate America man was, it was the grind, you know, it was it was lessons learned, but then also a lot of a lot of nonsense and wasted time and uh, trying to find a purpose but not, not realizing that I was looking for purpose. So I did start some companies while I was in corporate America because I had so much free time on my hands um, and you know tried and failed. there was it was not the internet of things at the time. like I had to actually go to a local uh, what do you call that again the uh, score is I forget what it, oh. it's a small business. remember that? Uh, for oh, any yeah. oldies out there who are listening, you, 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 to start a business in an LLC, it, it, the internet didn't have all that information readily available for you. So I had to seek it out and and drive to Newark, New Jersey. Uh, some of the a shady part of New Jersey, but also where our, 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 international airport is. And, um, yeah, I figured it all out and started a company back then. And it was a lot of fun. I learned, learned a ton, but then I was like, yeah, maybe it's easier to just collect this, this nice six figure paycheck uh, versus, you know, trying to figure out how to grow a business. But what I did find out Steve is, uh, you know, building communities and I didn't call it that then. I didn't know about that then, uh, but that I learned through that experience of having this, uh, it was a video game tournament company. And I would host games. I would like very much rent space, like in a, in a wedding venue and uh, have a bunch of kids. Uh, and then and, and they would play Xbox video games. Uh, all all connected through wires called LAN, and um that needed community it needed love and needed uh fun and excitement so that you know when we met was a part of it like i didn't realize that until recently like oh wow my experience back then helped me build some of the cool stuff that i built in the future
0: I mean, community is huge. I think it is, it's one of the, so many people are like, well, I can design the best product in the world or I can design the best thing or the best service. But if you don't have a community, it's really hard to sell that product or service. Having a great warm community, you guys have all heard me mention this before, but a thousand raving fans. If you haven't read that article, go read the article. It's about having a community that knows likes and trusts you. They love what you do, and they will bend over backwards to spend money with you. Um, let's just talk really quick about the land party because we did that stuff in college. We <laughs> would go like we would go to the YMCA. We'd rent it for the whole weekend, and we would all bring like Xboxes or computers. It was computers, and then we went to Xboxes. We usually yeah. used to play Halo One, like That's Halo it. One. Blood Gulch, three on three. That was, three. It. That was it. Do it.
1: Dude, we did sixteen <laughs> players, four Xboxes. That was the max you could have. And yep. it started out in my basement, you know, like 30 sweaty dudes, you know, drinking Gatorades and monster. I don't think it was Monster, maybe Red Bull, but, but yeah, it was just like staying yeah. up until the sun, you know, came up. And we were just playing playing these games. It's so addicting. But what I loved about it was the camaraderie, the 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 teams, and the the you know just being able to collaborate and and work together to accomplish things like you know capture the flag. And um, there was an aspect of it that I learned a ton from and didn't realize I was I was I was being entertained and having a lot of fun. But stuff that was applicable to business and 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 growing what we're doing today, Steve. So um we did that and then it was you know relatively successful i was gaining you know you know i'd have like dozens and dozens of people at our events and then um we'd hand over that big check you know the the, the big yeah. check over like here you won 500 kid congratulations uh you an <laughs> xbox a, cool. a lot. that's of a lot yeah it a was kid. a lot think about it yeah that's why we weren't profitable <laughs> we gave the money away. <laughs> and um it was cool but then what happened shortly after was something called xbox live and the graphics and the connections online got better and i was enjoying that so much i realized why is anyone going to show up to an event when you cannot do this online now 32 people can play and It was getting bigger and bigger, and I just decided to fold it. And, you know, it was distracting me from my actual job. I didn't want to get fired. So that's what happened. And then I don't even know, like maybe 10 years later is when I left corporate America for good. So, yeah, but it was a lot of fun.
0: Okay. So that's like the precursor to building a community, but what does that have to do with podcasting and how did you decide to leave your corporate job? Like, first off, I want to know the story behind quitting. Was it like one day you went in and you spilled coffee on yourself on the way to work and you were like, (laughs) I'm not doing this anymore. I'm I'm out or, or yeah. Was it like, like the mic drop coffee drop, like a few (laughs) moment or was it like, nah, it's just time for me to leave. And like, you exited peacefully and then how, how did you get to podcasting? Cause then we're going to get into, if you're listening to this and you're like, just get to the good stuff already, we're going to get into what Eric has learned, helping people build these podcasts and being in the podcasting world so that you can take it and implement it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, um, I got, I climbed the corporate ladder. I didn't own the ladder as, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, would say. And when I got there, I was like, man, I'm making really good money but I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not feeling fulfilled, but I wasn't, I wasn't reflecting and thinking this out loud, you know, I wasn't like, but I just felt something was off. Um, and as I got to that point, I was managing teams. Uh, I had a team of 25 and, um, it was, it was a lot of hard work because the, the, I stepped into a situation in, at the number one pharma company at the time, and they had an internal graphic design creative agency and they were flat, like half a million dollars a year. And they had five people and they're like hey uh eric come on in you've got a track record of being a part of and helping to grow internal creative agencies for pharma what can you do here so fast forward about a year less than a year later we grew that business to two and a half million so i was like wow look what i'm capable i mean with a team i didn't do it all by myself but um Yeah, grew this thing, right. And it was impressive. And I didn't know what I was capable of Steve. So what happened during that time was they said, Hey, thanks for all the hard work. uh, But what's your name again? And you know what, we are going to outsource everything that you've built to India and to Ireland. So thanks very much. Um, Before you leave, though, can you lay your entire team that you built? uh, Can you just lay them off over the course of three months? and at the end you can shut the light off (laughs) i was like what in tarnation has happened so during this three months i was driving to work it was an hour and a half commute each way i was listening to robert kiyosaki's rich dad poor dad somehow it found me the algorithms found me and um i was literally punching the steering wheel out of anger and frustration but then inspiration to do something with my life i'm like I understand now, I see the zeros and the ones. I have to own a business. I need to become a real estate investor or an investor of some sorts. I already invest in stock. What if I did that for full-time? And that's when I started doing the Googles. And I decided on real estate instead of stock. And I asked my wife for permission. And she was like, yeah, rock and roll, man, you looks. I think I believe in you, that's why I married you, so go do it. And that road led me down to everything man everything i I'll pause here if you have any questions but yeah that's that's what led real estate investing was the the gateway for me to to get into podcasting
0: okay so that's i mean that's a twist too how do you go from real estate to podcast but we'll we'll get there yeah. the anyone who's been listening to this show for a while knows that my start to this as well as probably thousands of other entrepreneurs was rich dad, poor dad guy handed it to me on a plane coming back from Italy when I did a semester abroad. Um, And I listened to it and then I got fired from my job. I was a bartender in college and I went and started buying real estate. It didn't make any sense to any of my college professors. They were all like, you can't do that. And then a year later when I owned like 20 plus properties, they were like, what just happened? One of them came and sat me down and took me to lunch And he actually started buying property. The rest of them said that what you did is impossible. I don't know. I don't accept it. There's a little lesson there. Don't ever listen when somebody tells you you can't do something. As long as somebody else has done it, you can reverse engineer it. Um, My question that stands out to me, you said when you grew that internal team, you you didn't know what you were capable of. And I think that's a huge thing. Like a lot of people get started in this entrepreneur game and they believe that they can do it. But what was the thing that like twisted you when you were in there because a lot of employees would never they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to grow from half a million to 2.5 million, right? Like they would be real comfortable going in drinking some coffee, taking the easy path. What do you think was was the kick that that got you moving? and prove to yourself that you were able to do it. Yeah, Cause some people That's would get yeah. like imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they they would get stuck. They'd be like, I'm not really doing this. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, you know what? Sometimes, and this is such a good question, Steve. Thank you for this. No one's ever asked me this, which is weird. I've been on like hundreds, maybe a thousand podcasts and no one's really asked me this moment. And, and, and I'm thinking about it as you're asking the question. And I think um, I could summarize it in a way where now I'll I'll be able to tell this story again. So you're giving me a new story. So thanks. It's it's yeah. um, I floated right for for almost 20 years uh, with, you know, I wouldn't call them mentors, but they would have been mentors. They're my managers at the time. And they were always trying to get me to be a manager. They're like, you're so good with people, Eric. You should just like help us. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'm good at making logos and websites and designing. I'm going to focus on what my good what I'm good at. What is what I'm good at? And I never wanted to deal with that. Um, it didn't serve me to that to to a certain point anymore because I had got I, I was as good as I was going to get. Like I, I don't think I was learning anymore from, as a graphic design um, you know expert. Um, and there was an opportunity when I had left. I kind of hit rock bottom because I was in a really cool, sexy design agency in Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and and I was so focused, Steve, on the wrong things. It was like being social and having cool friends and hanging out and yeah, the design was cool, but I wasn't focused on their business and, and, and having it grow. I was very focused on the wrong things. I was distracted, A baby, our first baby was on the way and I was just like, just not the best version of myself. And they were like, hey man, this isn't working out. You wanna level up? or you want to level out? (laughs) And I opted out. I was like, I'm not happy here anyway, I'm out of here. And I started freelancing and I started feeling really down on myself. And then I got a phone call from an old manager and he's like, dude, you ready to manage yet? Like, are you ready to lead teams? And it was that reinvention. I was was freelancing in a really cool place. I found myself in another spot in Philadelphia and I was like, man, I'm having so much fun here. It was kind of a reinvention, going to a new spot. They always say like, if you want to, reinvent yourself, change locations. Although be aware that wherever you go, there you are. So if you're running from yourself, it's not usually typically a long-term solution. Um, But for me, it worked because I didn't know anyone and it was a brand new space and they had no preconceived notions of who I was. And I was like, I'm a creative director and I built businesses. Like I just changed that in my mind. And they were like, we need you to build this team and we need you to grow it. And we need you to build and we need you to manage. And I'm like, I'm in. Finally, I was ready for it. And when I did it, Stephen, that's when it was. I was like, oh, crap. Look what I did. How did I do this? Yeah, I Dude, that's,
0: that is so awesome. If you guys are listening to this, maybe you've started your business. Maybe you're thinking about starting a business. What he just said, show up in force and say, this is what I do. This is who I am. and You will be impressed if you say that to yourself, I would say for like two or three weeks and not just to yourself, but in public, in front of people, you will turn into that person really quickly because we have this internal piece that if we say we are something, especially in front of other people, we will force ourselves to mold to that, um, Tony Robbins does this really well at his events. He forces you to share your goals and your dreams with other people and then share what you're going to do as soon as you leave the event so that you have some accountability. It works usually a little bit because you're in that room for a couple of days, but doing it, showing up to a team, if you stood in front of them and said, this is who I am, this is what I do, you're going to bend over backwards to make that happen. So awesome. I think that is a huge tipping point. And it is like, you weren't lying to people. You had the skills, you knew what you were doing. It's not like you showed up after never having designed anything. You were like, Hey, here I am. Cause that's not going to work. You don't want to, you don't want to take something that you don't do at all. If you just show up tomorrow and say, I'm a real estate investor with no idea what to do. You might have a hard time with that one. Um, but that I,
1: that I it also might did, work. Though. It did work. Yeah. And I did that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something very cool that happens when you do that as well. Um, but you have to do it with sincerity, authenticity, um, and, and transparency that, hey, I'm a real I'm a real estate investor because I'm investing my time here, but I haven't done a deal yes. yet. I've done a deal yet. That's, but, yeah, I'm looking for people that have done deals. How can I help you? So that's how it works there you go. for me, stepping into a new spa- space, complete new space.
0: Yeah. Okay, so how did we go from that to podcasting? How do we yeah. get the jump? Yeah. Still looking for that, because that's so a it, big it, jump.
1: It is. It is a crazy leap. So then when I did get into investing, all I did was I had to do a lot of Tony Robbins and Jim Rohns and then and, and Les Brown and a lot of work internally because I had a, a limiting beliefs. I didn't even know that term um, and mindset. I had to do a lot of uh, upgrading to my operating system, and that was daily. Like first committing to one of my coaches at the time in real estate, um, said there's all this cool stuff on YouTube and this is back in 2017. So they didn't even have, it was called YouTube red, but now it's YouTube premium. And he was like, I highly suggest. And I would say the same thing now too. It was like, you invest in this $15 a month because now you don't have ads. You can shut off your phone and then put it, it's like it's sleep. And I'd listen to Tony Robbins every single day. You know, I didn't have to buy CDs and listen to my car. Um, and it worked, man. I started like believing in myself and believing in others and surrounding myself with the right people that people were doing what I wanted to do. And slowly, but surely I became a real estate investor just by hanging around. My favorite quote is, um, Steve Harvey, when he says, you know, you hang around the barbershop enough, you're bound to get a haircut. And that's what happened. I became a real estate investor. I bought a multifamily within eight months. And now I'm in the front of the room, sharing with people who've been coming to meetings for years, never doing a deal. And I'm showing them how I did it, all the zeros and ones and breaking it down. And now they were inspired by me. And then all of a sudden I was leading the meetings, you know, in Princeton, New Jersey, I was the one with my with a friend and partner at the time, leading the and, and, and organizing and getting people on stage. So that was a wonderful spot to be in because right there, I was positioning myself as a thought leader in that industry. So as I navigated through that, Steve, it was like, how do I do more? How do I create more? How do I, how do I offer clarity to people who are like, what do you do again? You're creative. You're a real estate investor. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast and that will be the house party for people to just like knock on the door and go, oh, this is the cool stuff going on in here. Now I know. So I did that. I would, I would interview people that I wanted to learn from. And then they would come to me after the episode, especially they didn't ever they never listen to the podcast, but they listen to the, listen to their episode, and they're like, "Man, I, that was so good." How, who's doing that? I'm like, "Me, uh, my team." I mean, <laughs> and then I would produce, and it was one <laughs> client became two clients became three, and all of a sudden, I'm like, dozens of clients, all re, mostly real estate investors, and yeah, it started the whole company. Man, it was crazy.
0: That's awesome. The okay, so that 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 makes sense, right? If you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh my goodness," you. You use the tool to grow yourself, but then people see you use that tool. And this is the same thing. Like I've seen people do this with Facebook, right? They're really good at growing a Facebook group, a couple hundred people, a couple thousand people. Then people want to know how to do a Facebook group. I personally don't use Facebook anymore. I know some people do, but whatever your thing is, I did this with events. I wanted to learn how to do public speaking at events. I dived in I, my first event. 80 people. My second event, 120 people. My third event, 200 people. And I kept building the events and then it didn't take very long. And people came to me and said, how are you doing this? Like They see what you're doing and they tap you on the shoulder. So I have I have a couple questions about mindset. I am huge on mindset. I think it is the, if you change your mindset, everything else changes to match. That's, that is how it works. People want the tactic because they think it's our brain telling us a lie. If I just know how to do X, I will then be massively successful. But if you don't have the the mindset to back that up, you will revert, right? You'll go back to what you were. So how do you change your mindset? I love that you said, you know, $15 a month, YouTube premium. I can watch into my car. I can listen to it. There are plenty of other things. Mind Valley is a great place 200 bucks a year gets you access to like thousands and thousands of personal development stuff, hours of stuff that you can listen to that will totally change your mindset. If you had to, this is my question for you. Mm -hmm. If you had a son or daughter that was like 25, dropped out of college, and you knew that they needed something, what would you give them to listen to for three months What would you tell them? Like, what would you give them if there was one thing they could listen to over and over or a course or a program, something Mm -hmm. to change their mindset?
1: It would probably be, I mean, I wanna say rich dad, poor dad, but if not that, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill, uh, the millionaire next door. There's so many things that can change your mindset uh, because we're programmed a certain way, right? The majority, 99% Mm -hmm. of us in in life walk around, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. And a lot of it's not true. Folks, a lot of it's not true. And you have to realize that if you want to play in the game, you got to know what the rules are. And a lot of us don't know the rules. And we're we're, we're given this concept of the American dream, uh, you know, white picket fence, you know, four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, two and a half kids, all that stuff. It's like, wait a minute. If you revisit this and you tell yourself the story that you will benefit you greatly, like how do the rich folks do it? What rules are they playing with? Like people complain about, you know, say Trump, uh, you know, polarizing. I know he, why doesn't he pay taxes? Well, the Rockefellers, uh, the Vanderbilts, the folks that came before him wrote the rules and they play by those rules. So don't yell at the person playing the game by the rules, learn the rules. So that was a big shift for me, man. That was a huge shift. Uh, but that was the catalyst. I was still an angry limiting belief guy, but but then I had to understand, like, in order for me to play by the rules, I have to also change who I am big time.
0: All right. So I'm, I got, yeah, I'm just going to have a few more questions around this yeah, mindset please. stuff. So I love, I love the. I like breaking limiting beliefs. Um, You know who Alex Hermose is? I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff. No. Um, You should check him out. I'll send you his yeah. YouTube. Uh, he built a hundred million dollar business in three years. Um, He's now doing over a hundred million a year. Um, super, super smart guy and great marketing mind. But he said, I was listening to one of his YouTube videos and he said a quote, which I loved because people were like, what do you spend money on? You don't drive a fancy car. You wear pretty plain clothes. like You got a nice house, but what do you spend money on? He said, the only thing that I care about spending money on is things that change my beliefs. He was like, I am looking for every negative self-limiting belief that I have and I want to change it. I want to the person that can help me change it. And I don't care what it costs. He played... So he was, um, one of his YouTube videos, he paid Grant Cardone 150 K for four hours of his time, basically to do a VIP day with him because he was like, I believe Grant has something that I need to learn. And he was like, I don't care about the money. The dude makes enough money." He, he, he disclosed, he's like, I'm sitting on 60 million in cash. He's like, I don't care about inflation. I just sleep better at night knowing it's there. He's buying some real estate deals, but it's just So what limiting beliefs, first off, what was one or two that you clung to really tightly in the beginning that you remember and what finally got you to change them? Because I found that the faster I just give up my beliefs and I let my ego die because our ego is what keeps us right. It's no, I'm right. I am right. Damn it. And I'm sticking to this and Trump sucks or what, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the belief is. It's like, as soon as you're just like, no, do I really believe that? That's an assumption I made. I'm gonna let it go. This is obviously true. And the thing that you said, I'm gonna let you talk now. I've been rambling. I'm breaking my own rules. <laughs> the thing that you said that I loved was you tell you told yourself a different story. And the stories in our head are what make us or break us. Mm-hmm. So what what was like a limiting belief that you stuck to and how did you break it? And how do you Uh, tell people to break beliefs? So,
1: so many, dude. Um, The one that held me back the most uh, at the time, less so now, was failure is not an option. And that was something my dad ingrained in me. And I'm sure he picked that up from his dad and maybe even like at the time, NASA was huge when he was growing up. So, yeah, literally failure was not an option. Failure in that world meant death. Like, you know, if you don't have the right wire or the right this or that, you know, the shit's going to blow up, you know? So, uh, failure, failure is not an option. I had to reprogram that to failure is success in progress. that was huge for me, man. I want to, if I ever get a tattoo, that's the first tattoo I would get is failure is success in progress. And when I understood that, I was like, oh, I'm allowed to fail oh my goodness i'm allowed to figure things out and not be judged for it or not judge myself for it so that was huge the second big piece which is even somewhat till today dude i still work on this every day is the fear of rejection so like there's a lot of people out there who want to start a podcast or put themselves on social they have a business and they are free to put themselves out there why probably the number one reason is their fear of being rejected and that comes from a deep rooted place man you know that comes from like me being at a high school dance and looking at uh tony pfeiffer i, I don't know whatever happened to her. she was my high school crush she had no idea i'm saying it for the first time here on this podcast if anybody knows her i'd love to talk to her no no i shouldn't no no that- that's that's evil right because then like i think that's what happens bad things happen when people meet their their old, or you be disappointed or you is adultery who knows what happens but i was a wallflower why? Because meaning I never wanted to ask the girl to dance or I never wanted to step to someone that I wanted to step to because I was afraid that they would I would reject me. And what would that happen? I would feel abandoned. I would feel not worthy. I would feel all these emotions that I don't understand and I would get depressed, right? Um, so I'd rather just not try, I'd rather just stay safe. And that's a big thing that I had to overcome. And like I said, is a daily, daily process and really embracing the idea of like don't really care what people think like just be yourself as long as you're not an a-hole and you don't want to hurt people and you genuinely want to help people um you shouldn't care what they think because the, the people that will be attracted to you are the people that you can help and the people that are going to be the type of people you want to be around in the community that you're building so those were two big things man huge
0: nice i mean that's dude the uh letting letting go of the fear of rejection or trying to please somebody else when you don't even know. And going back to a, a thousand true fans, like whoever you are, whatever you talk about, you will attract those people. I was on a mastermind call earlier today with a friend of mine uh, named Selena Sue, runs huge mastermind out of Puerto Rico. She has like the people in her audience. I got to meet a bunch of them today, and they came like they they mimic. Different things about her. So she's Asian American, a lot of lot of Asian Americans. She's into energy healing. She's into tarot cards. She's into a little bit of the psychic woo stuff, but she's also deep corporate. And that's the mix of people that were on her. I was just looking at them. I was like, it's so weird, but that's who she attracted. She's a multi-million dollar business, being who she is, which is exactly what you were talking about. I want to get to tactics. We're going to get to tactics on podcasts. But how did you break the negative belief? Because I know there are people out there who would say, I, I, I tell myself, I'm not going to be scared of rejection. And then like, it comes time to press. I used to teach people how to do Facebook lives. Mm. This was 2016. And one lady sent me probably 15 texts on a Sunday afternoon. I hate you. I'm staring at my phone. I can't press the go live button. I hate you. I hate you. This is so hard. And then she finally did it. And she had a huge breakthrough. She had a couple hundred people watch it. She got a client out of it, like all this good stuff. But she was like, I almost didn't press it. I sat and stared at my phone for so long because even though I told myself, I'm going to let myself do this. I'm not going to be scared. I couldn't, but she did. And the thing that told, I want to know what got you and how you worked on that. She just basically told me like, I paid you a bunch of money. And if I didn't do it, it wasn't worth me spending the money, but for you personally, like you had a different like kick in the ass that got you going. What was it that got you to let go of some of your limiting beliefs?
1: Yeah, I mean, I use some of the tools that your friend there uh early on that that could be helpful for you if you're you just need a kick in the butt uh, just like hiring a personal trainer, getting, you know, forcing yourself to go to the gym. You're like, I just need someone to hold me accountable. And I won't go to the gym unless there's someone there waiting for me and they're going to yell at me if I don't show up, you know, so that, that moves my butt to, to, so that worked, you know, I would hire coaches. I would hire coaches in real estate or, or in any type of, uh, sort of thing that I wanted to do. Uh, but then I started to realize that there's a certain formula to like this creation, like this cycle of creation. I like to call it where, you know, I, I, we're talking about beliefs, right? And and, and, and uh, rewriting your operating system and reprogram your operating system. So once that happens, and I can grasp onto this as truth, I noticed that uh, I, it, it created feelings and emotions, you know, like, I'm super passionate and I'm freaking gonna do this. So then that emotions lead to me taking action. And then that action As I started to do whatever it was, you know, invest in real estate or start a multimedia agency, um, started to produce results. I started to actually tangibly see, oh crap, look, I'm actually, I have a, I have a building that I own, or uh, I have, you know, you know, 10 clients now and I'm serving them and look at the results they're getting. And those are my results. And then those results re affirmed and confirmed my belief system that I said I'm holding true. on oh, failure is success, success in progress. And then it was just all going around the, again. Okay, then I got passionate again. And I'm like, oh, I got to close another sale. And then I'll go, and then action, action results, results, beliefs. So it just kept going around and around and around. I'm like, this works, man. This is how it all works. It's so simple. It's uh, awesome. I, yeah.
0: That I mean, I agree. Like It's all about getting that spiral started, or I call it the snowball. Like. It just starts off really small, but if you keep pushing it and keep rolling, like it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and your beliefs support that. And the faster you can get your beliefs to support it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do, I think I got this from Tony Robbins, but like he had, I, I don't remember. Who I got it from. It was some NLP person. I think it was Tony, but it was like, write down what the belief is that you want and then find five supporting things in your life that support that right now and be grateful for them and focus on that and do that every couple of days around those beliefs and what you're doing. Cause the way our brain works, I love this stuff. The way our brain works is if we have a new belief, um, let's say I drive a, I drive fancy sports cars. I love sports cars. I drive fancy sports cars. Well, our brain looks for proof of that and then tries to protect us. Well, do I really want to drive a fancy sports car? Like, is that what I want to do? Do I want to spend that much money? Blah, blah, blah. But instead, if I say like, Well, one, I love, I love the feeling of it. I love driving a convertible. Um, I've had sports cars my whole life. And we start to write down and focus on the beliefs that support the positive version Mm -hmm. instead of the negative. Our brain always tends to go negative to protect us. Mm -hmm. That's what our ego does, right? We put up walls. Like if you think about this, I want to go talk to that beautiful girl. I don't know if I should do that. She might reject me. It reminds me of high school. What happened then? I got rejected. Let's not hurt ourselves. Let's not do that. Oh, but now let's Pick a positive belief, right? I went and talked to ex beautiful girl, and she, we had a great conversation. Um, my ex girlfriend was beautiful, and I remember like going up and talking to her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, find some positive beliefs, and then believe it or not, your brain will start to act in line with them. Um, I love it. Yeah. All right, podcasting. We're gonna have to do this rapid fire. <laughs> you, how many clients have you helped build podcasts?
1: Holy moly. Hundreds, thousands. I would say we're getting close to a hundred. Not hundreds. Uh, we'd be closer to a hundred. Um, but yeah, man, we're we're blessed because we we don't lose clients. You know, once they sign on with us, I think over the course of four or five years, one or two had to leave for business reasons. But that's it, man. So our 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 retention is pretty high. In that we we are very selective with who we work with. You know, we work with mission driven entrepreneurs. So you have to have a mission and understand that it's something greater than the da- the downloads. How many downloads am I getting? You know, how much money? What's the ROI on the podcast? When typically that answer question comes my way, I'm like, you know, there's probably someone else. Um, we're probably not really the right team for you because we're focused on on the mission and we hope to align with your mission and make it bigger.
0: Cool. Okay. So hundred ish in that hundred people, we're going to give we're gonna give the listeners some tactics because we've been talking about how you started a podcast. We got through the story. What if they're thinking about starting a podcast? What would you say is the cheat sheet? What is like the one, two, three top things that they need to do or not do? Let's start with yeah. three things they need to do and one thing they should avoid.
1: Avoid oh oh, well, I love this. And if I could share, I don't know if it's premature, but it seems like it's quite fit. Yeah, uh, I, no, have, go I have for a, it. I have a podcast sheet, the do's and don'ts. With tons, oh. tons of this listed. Um, <laughs> so I'll share the, I'll share with your team so they put it in the show notes, but it's eric.co slash guide. It's that simple. Okay. My name's spelled with a K. So eric cabral.co slash guide. And it's all the podcast do's and don'ts. But some of the stuff off the top of my head, um, speak to one and not to many. So typically when I hear shows or even people like turning on Facebook or Instagram, you know, live or whatever they're doing, they go, Hey everybody. Or Hey, Facebook. And they start talking to a lot of people and <laughs> they're not very clear on who they're speaking to or speaking with. So when you turn on your mic or your camera, understand who your audience is and focus on one individual. Now, sometimes it's helpful to just think of an actual person that you're helping. And, and you act like they're on the other side listening to this. And what you're doing is you're very quickly building trust because now that person's listening and they're thinking, oh man, talking to me. That person's talking to me. How, how, how many times have people reached out to me shortly after I went live or I did something or a podcast and they call me or they say, ta- dude, you were literally, I had to pull over. You, you were telling my story. You were talking to me. And I'm like, that's it. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, so that's the first. That's, that's the number one thing I always like to recommend, man. Talk to one person. Um, the second is, you know, consistency like that seems sim- simple and easy, but it's not. <laughs> People will create a show and they'll start a podcast and then they pod fade. You know, you've seen them, I mean, you and I know a lot of them you, know, you go look and I'm like, oh man, they haven't produced a show in like two years <laughs> or, you know, they very quickly fade because they don't have their mission and purpose aligned and they didn't understand that it takes systems and processes and teams in order to build something that can support you like you could do it on your own to a degree but if you're running a business it's tough to focus on a podcast and editing it and promoting it and getting you know guests or you being a guest that takes a team of people uh, that's why you know our company's doing well and that's why we like to help because those are business owners our clients and they don't want to get into the podcasting business so Systems and teams and figuring that out. If you if, if you're curious about that, we, we give the playbook. We, we're like, here's how the sausage is made. You want to build your own team? Here. This is what it looks like. Uh but typically, yeah, we, we love to help people. That. That's two, That's, right? Yeah. Let's see. Third one. I would say if you have a podcast, um having aside from consistency, you as a host have to also guest a lot on podcasts because then you're beginning to build and leverage and um, communicate with other communities outside of your own and what better way to introduce people to your podcast than to be on a podcast because now those are people that already love steve right and now i'm on his show and hopefully you're gonna say hey i want to check out Entrepreneur's circle man yeah eric i want to hear more about what he's doing so then like you're already talking to your audience. They're already in the space. Like if I'm gonna to go to the gym and I wanna have more people that are in shape or into fitness, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna look in the right places. I'm like, hey, I got a, I got something to cu- I got a smoothie, protein smoothie place. It's right here, it's right next door. Come over here. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what I do. Huh? I'm into that too. So just find people that are already in the space that you wanna play in. And that's guesting on other podcasts. That's huge. And that's how we that's- met actually.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that is a, I mean, I think all three of those are great consistency, consistency in anything, um, staying with the personal mindset piece of this. One of my first coaches told me that he was like, Hey, I'm just going to be real honest. You're not consistent. You're not showing up and you're not keeping your commitments. And I was like, what are you talking about? I always keep my commitments. I act with integrity. And he was like, (laughs) calm down. He was like, I'm going to show you three places in the last week where you didn't. And he did. And I was like, in that moment, I had the choice. This is like talking about ego, right? I could have gotten angry. And I could have said, that guy's like gone really mad. been like, nope, I'm doing my own thing. Instead, I was like, he's right. And I'm lying to myself. What do I need to do? And in that moment, I allowed him to coach me. That's what I was paying him for, right? And he said, here's what you do. Instead of making these big, huge commitments, make a commitment for a period. So when I started my podcast, I studied a little bit and I heard that most shows, 95% of shows never make it past episode 10 Mm -hmm. of the 5% that make it past episode 10, 90% of those don't make it past episode 30. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm doing 30 episodes this month before I put a show out. And each time I would record a show starting, I was like, okay, there's five. And I had a, I had a count chart and I was like, we're not releasing a show until I get to 30. So I'll tell you, I wanted to quit at like, probably like 15, 18, somewhere in there. I was like, man, I like talking to people but this is getting like, I'm not seeing anything happening from it, but I was like a committed to doing 30, which was probably a little bit much. When I first started with this, it was like, make commitments. He was like, make a commitment to try something. Like Mm -hmm. try it for three weeks. Try when I started, I was, I was a big runner when I lived in Phoenix, it was too hot to run. I decided to take up swimming. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try swimming for 10 days. I'm going to swim every day for 10 days, for 20 minutes. And if I hate it at the end of 10 days, I'll quit, but I'm going to commit to that. So it allowed that. I love the commitment thing. I also love guesting on other shows. Cause that's really what it's about. It's about networking and about building a small, hyper engaged audience. Yeah. Eric, you dropped, thing... oh, go ahead.
1: No, it's just gonna add to that. The wonderful thing about guesting on shows is also you, it's a playground for you to really fine tune your stories. I know you're a big story guy too, Steve. So it's like, if you wanna, if you want a successful business and you wanna sell, I mean, a lot of people are like, I don't wanna sell. I hate selling. Well, you're not gonna survive then as a business, but what better way to sell than to tell stories? You know, people don't remember what you said, they remember how you made them feel. So that's huge. If you can tell stories, you gotta do it. And then how do you do it? Get on a podcast and tell your stories. That's really truly how you connect to people and how people get engaged with what you're doing and wanna know more. And and then that's how you build business.
0: Very true. Eric, you've shared, a wealth of knowledge, a little bit about podcasts. People definitely know that you know what you're talking about though, because of your journey. We shared the guide. If people wanna reach out to you, if they're like, I have a podcast, I'm sick of editing, I'm sick of doing the whole thing. I would love somebody to take it over. What do you do? Tell wow. us a little bit about your services.
1: Yeah, I mean, we love launching podcasts and taking ideas and getting on a strategic level with them to, to make it a reality and manifest it you know, with them um that typically takes six to eight weeks uh but if you already have a show and you're like man this is such a chore or i think i'm going to burn out and i don't have systems and processes and teams in order to well hey find a team that's doing this and they they, they they're doing it um at scale um what better way to invest uh, your 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 hard-earned you know cash from your company that you you to to a marketing team like it's already plug and play versus like I'm going to go take these tens of thousands of dollars and give it to people that I have to train (laughs) and people that I have to, you know, hopefully they don't mess up Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I, and I got to go find somebody else. So yeah, we're tried and true. You you plug and play team of proofreaders, editors, uh, you know, audio engineers, my COO likes to jump in and and, and manage the, the shows as well. So you got like a lot of really cool people. Um, and that typically looks like, you know, exactly. You got a show just, We'll audit it. We'll see how we can improve it. We'll make recommendations, and then we'll take it over from there. So, on a weekly basis, that's how it works.
0: Awesome. And if people, so we're gonna put your link. You gave us our your calendar link. Calendar link will be down underneath. I believe that's what it yeah, is. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no pressure. I think that, um, m- m- my main, my main give is, is that PDF. I want, I want people to to learn and to, to, to set themselves up for success by looking at that PDF podcast do's and don'ts. Yeah. And if you want, uh, you know, I was, I think I was telling you Steve earlier that, you know, my most precious commodity is time at this point. So, but I'm happy to share that with your audience. And so there is a calendar link there. If you want to chat you want to throw some things at the wall or see what we're about, you know, happy to chat
0: awesome Eric this has been a wide-ranging podcast covering so many different things i just want to say thanks for being vulnerable thanks for sharing some of your journey and some of the things that you struggled with and overcame to get here I would love to leave with the question of what's next for you like real estate investing more podcasting like are you gonna be at the front of the room like what do you want to do what's the what's the rest of this year hold for you
1: yeah I'm I in know you have goals. Yeah, thanks for asking, man. I'm uh, I'm about ten to twelve chapters into my my first book. It's all about personal branding and and the power of personal branding and how to build one. Um, it's called Be Your Brand. It, it may it may change from from there, but right now it's a be your it's Be Your Brand. It's my book. It's coming out this year, hopefully. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna potentially work with Steve. We got to figure out how to how to make sure that the community gets what they need after reading the book. Because I know a lot of people who have written books, and they're like, now what? <laughs> you know, but going with the intention of like there's a plan, there's a process, and there's a way to access the author's knowledge by joining a community and building that community. So I'm looking forward to that and building that be your brand community. And um, you know, I'm happy to come back here or have you on as well uh when, when that moment comes. So thanks for asking.
0: Awesome. No worries. You've been a great guest, Eric. To everybody else out there, till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.